The Reinvent You podcast is designed to provide tangible advice that will help transform those who have experienced a divorce or a breakup into rediscovering their voice, regaining their power, and obtaining their freedom by focusing on mindset, emotions, finances, health, faith, love, parenting, and building meaningful relationships. These weekly talks are designed to assist individuals to become the best version of themselves in their personal lives, families, and professional environment. I'm your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reinvent You podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you so much for joining and tuning in with me this week. This week's topic is about getting to a place of acceptance in terms of your relationship being dissolved. And what inspired me to talk about this was from a message that I received from someone through Instagram, right? Um, they, they shot me a message in my DM and uh, I never shout out names on who the individual is because I like to respect my listeners' privacy. However, I do want to talk about the challenge that they're having because many people have the same issue. And just some brief information in terms of her challenge. Um, she was married for seven years. She's been divorced for about three years. And the divorce wasn't something that she wanted. And so the challenge is the emotional roller coaster of the reality. Okay. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is where I believe it hits differently. I think it hits differently when you're the person who didn't want to leave. Right. Now, I'm not saying that a person who chose to left doesn't hurt, but I believe that it's one thing to want to walk away, but it's another thing when you didn't. Because in your head and in your heart, you were left. You may feel abandoned. Right. And you may even feel rejected right now. And so, you, you may feel powerless. You may feel like you don't have the closure that you're looking for from them. And you may find yourself asking why me or where did I go wrong? Okay. And, and here's what I don't doubt in terms of this person who reached out to me. I don't doubt that this individual knows that they must get through this challenge that they're currently experiencing. I don't doubt that at all because for starters, they reached out to me. Right. And another thing is that they have my book. And in my book, I talk about going through the emotions. And I wanted to say that because when you're in a mental and emotional space like this, the advice you receive may not always come from a place of understanding. OK, you may hear things such as get over it and move on. Or there's someone else out there or someone may say you still stuck on this person. You know, they may tell you you're strong. Girl, you can handle anything or, you know, don't worry about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't even worry about it. And when you get these types of responses, you do stay stuck. And one of the things that I believe gets misunderstood is the layers that has to be unfolded from this experience. OK, because many see just the couple. Right. They only see the couple. But what about the children that are involved? What about the time invested? What about the finances that gets shifted? What about the emotional bond that has to be detangled? What about the mental state that needs rebuilding? 
What about the hope for a better life after this? Right. Like, let me let me keep it real with y'all. You know, no one. And I mean, no one who's serious about their marriage gets married to get a divorce. They don't. Those are not goals for people who get married and who's serious about their marriage. So when you take a path that you didn't expect, you didn't have a plan B because plan A was the plan. So there's this uncertainty and fear that there's not a better life after this, meaning that they can't see beyond where they are and what has occurred. Because here's the thing. Many people survive, right? Many people survive. There's a lot of people who are surviving, meaning that they're getting through the day, but they're always overwhelmed. They're always stressed. They don't have a long-term plan. It's just really about getting through the next 24 hours all the time. They feel like their back is up against the wall. They don't think strategically because their mind is always on overload. They're not eating the foods that fuel their body. Their sleep patterns are off. They distance themselves from people without realizing it because of the current state that they're in. And so this survival mode that many people are in is very comfortable, extremely familiar, and very normalized. And so when a person tells me that it's been three years since their divorce and they're having difficulty accepting it, then we got to switch gears. We have to switch gears. Now, there's no doubt that there may have been some things that has helped this person survive. But it's time to now do what's needed to thrive. Okay, so that's what I mean when I'm talking about switching gears. So there's a level of extreme intentionality that this individual must do on purpose. And so what I wanted to do was give three things that you must do to accept the reality of of this experience. And even though I'm answering this person's question, as I've mentioned before, a lot of people struggle with this. And so if you're that individual that's really having a difficult time accepting the reality and you find yourself in a survival mode, I want you to listen to these three things that you must do to accept the reality of this experience. Okay. The first thing that you need to do is that you need to take the experience for what it is and not for what you wish it was. Okay. Now I'm going to say that again. You must take the experience for what it is and not for what you wish it was. See, when you have difficulty accepting this situation, you become stuck, okay? You become stuck on the fantasy and not necessarily the facts, okay? And when you're focused on the fantasy, your energy is on what you wish it could be. It's on what you want it to be. You find yourself romanticizing an untrue outcome of this situation that isn't aligning with the actuality of the end result. And when you're in this mental and emotional space, you have more difficulty releasing yourself from this experience because your head and heart is attached to another outcome. You find yourself creating more unnecessary suffering for yourself. See, when you wish your life was different than what it really is, you find yourself refusing to accept the reality. When you're in this mental and emotional space, you don't have the energy to place on the present. So in other words, you're not giving power to what you can control because your focus is more on what is not in your control. And when you start to transition 
into what this experience really is, you're now allowing yourself to lead with a level of logic, meaning that now you're giving yourself the permission to face the reality of what has happened. And when this takes place, not only does this start establishing peace for you, but it also positions you to develop a level of power to move on. Meaning that even though this has happened, this doesn't indicate that this is the end, but instead a new beginning to appreciate what was, focus on what is, and be optimistic to what can come from this. See, when you operate from extreme intentionality to take it for what it is, you can start making the purposeful choices that will shift you from this space of idealization, which also helps you make the necessary moves off the truth of how things really are so that you can move forward. And so I want to leave this question with you for point one. I want you to ask yourself, am I going off what I desire it to be? Am I living in denial? Am I ready to accept the truth of this experience in a way that will help me make peace with the current outcome? And that's the first one. The first one is you have to take the experience for what it is and not for what you wish it was. The second thing that you need to do to accept the reality of this experience is that you must take extreme ownership. Okay, you must take extreme ownership. Extreme intentionality requires extreme ownership, okay? So if you all have been following me, one of the things I always talk about is how I was stuck in my story for half the decade post my divorce, all right? I was divorced in 2010, and I found myself stuck in my story till 2015. So from 2010 to 2015, you have a different year. I was a different age, but it was the same thing meaning that my story was still the same, my outcome was still the same, to even my conversations were still the same. The conversations of being a victim, the conversations of blame, the conversations of poor me and woe is me, like conversations that wasn't allowing me to be intentional. And it was only until I took ownership, aka responsibility over my life. It was only until I did that, that I was able to have a different story to create a different outcome and even have different conversations. So in other words, there was no more blaming and and remaining a victim of my life. And I want to briefly explain what I mean when I say to take extreme ownership, because if it's misunderstood, it can be very triggering to hear when someone tells you this, right? When people say, well, you need to take ownership, you know, it it can be triggering. So I want to talk about this really briefly. Because I think the misinterpretation around taking ownership is the indication that everything is your fault. I think the misinterpretation around taking ownership is to dismiss what has been done to you, that you don't have a right to feel the way you do. You're responsible for how you were treated and you got what you deserve. See, those are the misinterpretations around taking ownership. And if you lead like this in taking ownership, This will result in self-blame and self-hatred for yourself, which will also keep you feeling powerless and defeated. Not to mention your ability to accept the reality of things never takes place because when you operate from blame or remaining a victim, then it prohibits you from seeing beyond what happened to you, therefore keeping you exactly where you don't want to be. So when I talk about taking ownership, taking ownership is not a powerless move. 
In fact, it's about reclaiming your personal power back. Taking ownership is an energy. And when you lack the ability to do so, your energy is on everything but the one person that you can control. And that is you. You know, let me let me just keep it real with y'all for a second. Your divorce or even your breakup is not about your ex. And what I find is that many can't stop giving their undivided attention towards their ex. Now, you may not be talking to them all the time because it's not about them being in your presence, but your mind is preoccupied with them. Your heart is filled with the emotions of it all. Your conversations with others or the one you have with yourself is about them. And so taking ownership is now about redirection. It's about accountability and responsibility over your life and your actions going forward. See, when you decide to walk in this energy of taking ownership, this is what you're saying. You're saying that my past will not define me. You're saying that you will not give someone else so much control over you that it keeps you hostage from moving forward. You're saying that you will own your actions and choices from this day forward because it gives you the freedom to take charge of your own happiness. You're saying that you will peel back the layers of your experiences for clarity and understanding of knowing yourself on a deeper level. You're saying that you will focus more on solutions and less on the problems. You won't continue to dwell on what was, but instead concentrate on creating a life that you desire. You will practice the power of knowing that you have a choice because in acknowledging the fact that you have options develops intentional decision making. That's the power of taking ownership. Before I close out on the second point, I want to leave you with this question. I want you to ask yourself, have I been blaming myself and or even others over my life? Okay, and that's what I want you to ask yourself. Okay, and that's the second one. The second one is that you have to take extreme ownership. The third thing, and this is the final thing, is that you got to take charge of your new life. Okay, you have to take charge of your new life. When I wrote my book, Divorce Your Story, the overall goal of that book was to help my readers understand that they have the power and permission to decide on what their next chapter will look like. Earlier, I mentioned that no one who takes their vows seriously plans to get a divorce. And so when things like this happen, we get stuck, we get paralyzed, and we become very attached to this current chapter of our our lives. It's like we're in bondage to this chapter. And so what happens is that that bondage develops limited beliefs. It develops limited beliefs on what we can do, who we can become, and what we can have moving forward. It's like we live our lives solely based on what has taken place, as opposed to living our lives based on what could take place. So, for instance, when you've been divorced, you make your decisions based on this experience and that experience alone, where you're not operating from any level of faith. Because at this point, your faith has been compromised where you're not able to see beyond this point or this current chapter of your life. So what happens is that you don't make other plans for yourself. You don't become intentional about reinventing a new life. You don't take the time to ask yourself, what do I want? You don't take advantage 
of what you see as an obstacle and turn it into an opportunity to do what you want to do and become the person you want to be. However, when you want to accept the reality of this experience, developing a plan for your new life is your answer. Why is this important? Because when you develop a plan, you have something to look forward to. When you develop a plan, your energy is now being shifted on what's in your control. Not to mention that the more you accomplish the things that you want to do and develop into the person you want to become, your past becomes more of a part of your life as opposed to it being the entire book of your life. Right. I also want to add this when I talk about developing a plan. Right now, you may not see where you want to be a year from now. That's not what I'm saying. You know, that may be too far to know at this point. And that's okay because we are all in different places in our lives. Because one thing that I noticed that people always say, well, where do you want to be in 10 years? Where where do you want to be in five years? And they can be powerful questions. But if you are in a different place where you're like, wow, I don't even know where I want to be in the next six months. That's okay. Because I'm going to share something with you. When I first started this journey, I didn't know all of that. But I'm going to tell you what I did know. I knew that I was tired of my chapters being the same story. And that was enough to take the journey unknown. Remember, I shared with you all in point two, and this is something that I always tell you all. I was stuck in my story for half of the decade. So when you're stuck in a story, you know, half of the decade, your chapters are the same. Your chapters aren't different. Your script isn't different. You don't deviate from the script because you're so attached to it. You're you're so hostage to something of your past. And so this is why it's so important to be very intentional on developing a plan so we can change the script. And so even if you don't know where you want to be a year from now, let's not go there. Let me ask you, where do you want to be in the next 30 days? That's a little bit more realistic for some people, right? And and there's nothing wrong with that. But let me ask you a question. Do you need a therapist for that? Do you need a coach for that? And this is why I say these types of things, because when this person who reached out to me indicated that it's been three years, I want us to break that down numerically right now. Okay, so when we say three years, we're talking 36 months. We're talking 156 weeks. We're talking 1095 days. So this may indicate that she can't do it alone. And that she may need to invest in herself to get the extra help so that she can have the tools and the strategies to take charge of the new life that she wants to create. And guess what? That's perfectly okay. See, when it comes to getting help, you know, I used to take so much pride in doing it all by myself. Like I wore that with a badge of honor. But let me explain something to you. When you want to take charge of your new life that you want to develop, it can't be done all by yourself. You need a team. You need support and you need community to help you write a new script. And so before I close out on this third point, this is the question that I want you to ask yourself. If I was to write a book about my life, would every chapter be the same? And if so, what will I do on purpose to pick up the pen and rewrite a new script? Okay. And so those are the three points that I wanted to share with you. Now, understand that there's always more that we can add to the fold, but these are the top three that came to my heart. And I wanted to share this because, you know, when we don't accept what has, we cannot be optimistic for what can be. And so I challenge you to to take extreme intentionality. 
right? This, this is where we have to do more than what we've been doing. We, we have to challenge ourselves. We have to get uncomfortable. We have to do the things that we may not feel like doing, but we know these are the things that will help us move on, accept the reality of what was and create the life that we desire. Okay. So please make sure you are following me. I did change my Instagram name. Let me just, let me be clear. It's no longer Miss Tanya Speaks. Okay. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit next week. All right. So my Instagram is I am Tanya Carter. Okay. That's I A M T O N Y A C A R T E R. Okay. Please make sure you're following me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Tanya Carter. And also, please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the podcast will drop and also leave a review. If you know that this podcast has been very influential to your journey of personal growth and development, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. And last but definitely not least, share this information. Okay, we share everything else. And if you know that this podcast episode has been a blessing to you, please share it along and pass it to those who you know will be a blessing to them. All right. So thank you all again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and amazing week and I will see you next time. 